You'd think that as a video game podcaster and comedian, my life is all fun and games. And honestly, you'd be right. About 90% of the time, it's, it's pretty sweet. But every morning, I deal with something very, very serious. My face. You don't become an Edmonton 6 overnight. It takes work. And in my case, it takes good facial hair. And fortunately, I have a great facial hair tag team partner in Harry's. Hit up harrys.com slash RTG for a $3 trial set and see what I'm talking about. Harry saw the tire fire that the shaving market had become and asked, how did it get like this? Crappy plastic razors, overpriced blades, all locked up like gold bars. And they said, no, we... We can fix this. And damn it, they did. Harry's ships premium quality razors right to your door. About once a month, I check my mail and there's that little box with everything I need to keep my kid presentable status. The blades stay sharp longer, which means an easier time getting my face in order in the morning. And the razors don't look like a dumb piece of plastic that a junior high schooler uses to take care of their peach fuzz. You have the facial hair of a man now. Shave like one. I actually leave my razor handle on the bathroom counter all the time just because it looks so damn classy. Harry's blades are German engineered and they're made to last. They're the best blades on the market for the best price and you don't even have to go out to get them. Set your delivery schedule and shave like a king. I know it sounds sarcastic, but I'm being serious. I've used Harry's forever. These blades are really freaking good. Highest reviews in the industry. A money back guarantee that you're not going to need and a subscription that you can cancel anytime you want. Getting ripped off isn't funny. Switch to Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just 3 bucks at harrys.com slash RTG. That's harrys.com slash RTG for a $3 trial set. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Remember the Game. It is my retro gaming podcast where every single week a buddy of mine and I sit down and geek out about the games we played back in the day, except for last week, I guess, but almost every single week. Uh, My name is Adam Blank. Thank you guys so much for listening. This week, it is episode 78. I wanted to start the new year with a bang and go with a game that I know a lot of people are excited about. The Facebook mentions and stuff have been off the charts since I posted the hint, and that is... Perfect Dark for the Nintendo 64, which for my money is very overlooked and a little bit underrated, quite frankly, because it's GoldenEye's little sister. Uh, but we'll get more into that in a few minutes. Uh, you know I'm going to ramble first before I even... Ra- if I guess if you, you want to skip all of this, including the holiday wishes and all that good stuff, uh, look in the description box. There's a timestamp to tell you what to skip to if you just want to listen to me talk about video games. But hang around and get some good wishes, you guys. As I record this... It is about 2 o'clock mountain time, December 31st, 2019, and once I'm done it, I'm going to go get ready to go to my uh, New Year festivities. I have a couple of comedy shows tonight at one of the clubs here in Edmonton. Uh, As you listen to this, 
you're in the future. It's 2020. At some point, maybe it's the first, maybe it's the fifth, maybe it's fucking June because you just discovered the show. Uh, for whatever re- whatever time of the year it is, thank you so much for listening, and I hope you had a great New Year and uh, Christmas if you do that, or Hanukkah, or Kwanzaa, or Festivus, or any other thing you celebrate. And if you didn't celebrate anything, then I hope you just spent a week or two playing video games and eating good food and hanging out with your friends and your family, which is exactly what I fucking did. Um, and I did a lot of comedy, but you don't care about that. I uh, I missed this podcast. I'll be honest with you guys. Like, la- like I didn't forget, like, last week, Wednesday itself was Christmas, and uh, and I didn't really think about the show. I, I spent Christmas Eve and Christmas Day uh, at my mom and dad's place with my brother and his girlfriend, and then my girlfriend came out, and we did the gifts and ate lots of food. My dad and I drank a lot of fucking whiskey, like a, ooh, uh, too much whiskey, frankly. Um, but I didn't miss it then. But then I'll be honest with you, like by Thursday or Friday, I just it felt like something was weird because I've gotten so used to doing the show, you know, recording it on Tuesday, editing Tuesday, uploading Wednesday. Uh, I missed it. Uh, so, uh, but anyway, we're back now. I don't see us missing another episode anytime soon. So I'll be at a great holiday and let's get into talking about the gaming. Yeah. I, you know, normally I would plug the Patreon here. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it really, really fast just to say, if you want to get in on the prize draw for January, you've got till about January 3rd. I always give it a couple of days into the new month in case somebody waits till after, uh, the first rollover to, to sign up. So it's patreon.com slash remember the game. You're going to get bonus episodes of the show there's a dozen of them over there waiting for you plus you'll get a shout out which i'll be doing next week on the show uh plus you'll be getting entered into a prize jaw to give away 25 percent of our patreon so uh please sign up um and i the next thing i wanted to ask you because i had a couple of housekeeping notes before i get into video games um wrestling with wrestling my wrestling podcast that i've been talking about on here forever will be launching uh this friday I'm still not 100% sure what I'm going to do with it. I, I'll i be honest with you. As, as late as like a day ago, I was tempted to come on here and be like, yo, I'm going to not do it. Um, I'm a little concerned about the time it's going to take because I'm, I'm already kind of up against the clock with a lot of this stuff. But I, I really am excited about the concept of the show and I'm going to give it a shot and we're going to see. Uh, there are going to, my plan is to launch Patreon episodes at least one a month to go with Wrestling With Wrestling. I don't know if you're going to get one this month or not. I, I, I'm on the road. I literally have not a full weekend off until the middle of April right now for comedy. And my plan is to put episodes out on Fridays. Um, so we'll see. I'm going to kind of test the waters, figure out the format, figure out if anyone's interested in stuff like that. But you will get an episode of it this Friday, January 3rd. Uh, episode one is uh, going to be five realistic ways I would improve the WWE. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I'm excited about giving it a shot. I know a lot of people have reached out saying they're excited about listening to it. So wrestling with wrestling, it'll be on everything uh, beginning this Friday. And uh, we'll see where that goes. Uh, what else did I want to talk about? I already mentioned the shout out. Oh yeah. Um, did you make any new year's resolutions? Cause I did make one and I very rarely do that because I think they're, I'm not gonna say they're stupid. Improve yourself anytime you can. I just never stick with them. Um, but one of the things that I have resolved to do in 2020 is kind of cut back on social media because I, I fucking hate it. Like, I kind of need to be on there between the podcasts and comedy. Like, my job is a lot of self-promotion and stuff. I just, I fucking, 
it's just so goddamn negative and there's just so much crap and I I fucking oh, I was I hate it all so much. So I've actually deleted all the apps off my phone so that I can only get on them when I'm on my computer or on my iPad instead of just having that little fucking drug box in my pocket that I pull out and look at every 30 seconds. And I'll be honest with you like the only like my favorite interactions I have on social media are with the listeners of this show. It's just people talking video games. So I'm actually going to try to semi-step up my social media game when it comes to the Remember the Game feeds, talking about what I'm playing and my thoughts on news and stuff like that. I'm really going to try to pull back on my personal uh, social media because it's just everyone I really want to talk to had like no offense to you because I know not all of you have my my phone number but everyone I really want to talk to is either a following me on social media for the show uh, or has my cell phone number you know what I mean like I don't need to be on fucking Twitter at at eleven thirty at night arguing with somebody about the Oilers or fucking taxes or the government or anything. I just don't care. I don't fucking care anymore. So, um, at member the game on face or on Twitter and Instagram, it's like remember, but without the RE cause somebody fucking took those and doesn't use them. So at member the game, facebook.com slash remember the game. I'm going to make a conscious effort to try to be a little bit more active on there in the new year and help grow the show. Uh, good enough. Let's all let's, let's talk to video games and then we'll get to talking perfect dark. Um, thank you so much for the cool feedback on my games of the decade list. Uh, that was on the Patreon exclusive episode, uh, near the end of December there. I, I listed my top 10 games of the decade and then 10 honorable mentions as well. Um, and uh, a few, <clears throat> excuse me, a few of you reached out with your game of the decade list. I'm still interested in them. Hit me on Twitter, or Instagram, whatever. I'll share them and stuff like that. I want to know what your games of the decade were. Uh, the only thing I think is going to change on that list that I put out, I'm not going to redo the whole list or anything, but I've been playing through Gears of War 5 uh, on my Xbox One, which I'll get into more of in a second. And it is fucking really good. Like I... I'm, it's it's going to be somewhere in that top 20, I think, unless it falls apart in the next few hours of the campaign, but I'm really fucking enjoying it. So, um, Plus, I still plan on grabbing a PS4 in the new year in time to play uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake and Last of Us 2, and so there's a chance that one of them end up there because technically it's still a decade. But um, one of the things I thought about, and I was going to talk about it on the Patreon episode this week, and I didn't, uh, or a couple weeks ago, and I didn't because I just I ran out of time. Um like, our video games are a waste of time. And I think about this a lot. And listen, like, I don't want anyone hanging up or on the, turning off the podcast and be like, fuck this guy, he's going against all of us. Because that's not it. I love video games. Um, but I got my Nintendo Switch stats from Nintendo for how much I use my Switch this year. And I, I it says that I played Switch for, like, 28 days of the year. Like, 28 full days. And I know there's time where... Um, I've like, I've just left it and walked away from it. And I know that my nephew plays with it when he's at my house and stuff like that. But like, I played a lot of video games this year and I'm, and I've, and like nobody, like I flip flop on it. And if it's a waste of time or if I'm not wasting my time, cause like if you told someone you spent 28 days of your year, just reading, nobody would care. They'd be like, Oh, that's, you're improving your mind. And tons of people probably watch that much TV, but you can't see the stats. Right. But because I spend it playing video games, the stats show up and, I just, I've really struggled with it. Like, I'm not going to stop playing video games. I'm not even going to try to cut back on how many video games I play because it's just my favorite thing to do with my downtime. But I just, I don't know. I'm just curious what you, like, are they a waste of time? Like, do I, like, I'm 36. Like, when I'm 50, will I still be playing video games like this? And if so, like, will that be a waste of my time? Like, I just, I don't know what the fuck else people do. I've legitimately thought that. Like, what the fuck do you do with your time if you don't play video games when you have downtime? Like, and I'm not saying, like, 
you know, of course you got your job and your family and, and maybe you exercise and your other hobbies. But I just like, where, what the fuck? Like when I'm sitting at home, like when I get home from my comedy shows at night and it's nine 30, 10 o'clock and I still have a couple hours before I go to bed and my girlfriend and my dog are already asleep. That's what I, I, I don't even think twice about it. I'm like, well, I'm going to go play some video games. That's just what I do. So I just, are they a waste of time? I don't know. I don't really care. I, to me, like the only real waste of time is spending it doing something you don't want to do. You know, I love playing video games. So if that's a waste of time, then I guess I'm wasting my time. Fuck off. Um, and with that said, let's get into this because it's going to be a long week, uh, a long list. Uh, uh, what have I been playing? What have I been wasting my time on over the last couple of weeks? I have been playing a lot. Um, I've had a lot of comedy shows the last week and a half or t- two weeks or so since we put one of these out. Uh, I've had a ton of comedy shows, but they've mostly been in Edmonton, which is rad because I can like, I'm at home all day and then I go to the shows at night. So I'm going to get into the list of stuff that I've been playing and then we'll talk perfect dark. First and foremost, uh, Shovel Knight, the King of Cards, uh, campaign they added to it. So, uh, it's basically just Shovel Knight. There's four campaigns now. You can buy the Shovel Knight treasure trove. It's on everything. It's reasonably priced. Then you get to play through as Shovel Knight and then as three of the bad guys that you fight as Shovel Knight, which are, I believe it's Plague Knight, Spectre Knight, and King Knight. All three of them, uh, have different move sets. They all have different mechanics, but they're all just those eight slash 16 bit platforming adventures with collectibles and stuff there's a patreon episode i might even do one as early as january and just do it alone and just talk about this game i love these games so much and i can't stress it, you guys there's so much meat on the bone if you if you're looking for a retro style platformer with some challenge uh shovel knight they're they're oh they're so good and if you if you're not sold i'll explain it more uh on the patreon episode that's gonna be upcoming but shovel knight so i finished that it was fucking great i finished shadow of the tomb raider on uh, xbox one uh i liked it i started out loving it and by the end of the game i liked it i do think it's the weakest of the three modern tomb raider games but having said that i feel like those games are like pizza where even when they're bad they're good it's just there's like it was so many collectibles to go back to, you know, like that's just be kind of become that like the format of most of these games. It's like a big open map, and then you look at the map, and it's just cl- just cluttered with little icons to go collect. Like, then half the time you go collect them, and you don't even read the little write up about like what this artifact is or what the fuck it does. Um, when it was like in the exploration of like climbing through tomes, tomes, tombs, tombs, I guess, climbing through tombs and climbing mountains and going through the jungle and stuff. It was fucking rad when it got to the collectibles. And frankly, the story I thought were kind of boring. Um, but I'd highly recommend the Tomb Raider games. If you're into like the Uncharted's or any of those style of game, all three of the Tomb Raiders, uh, are, are worth your time, particularly the first two, which are, uh, I think it's just called Tomb Raider and then Rise of the Tomb Raider, but they're really good. Um, I played Uncharted or Untitled Goose Game, and uh, I put out a pretty controversial take about it on Twitter. I get why everybody loves it. I fucking see it. I get the puzzle mechanics of it. I it's it is funny. It's charming. I'm a huge indie game guy. Uh, I got to be honest though. It just it didn't. I don't know. Maybe it's just because I just got Game Pass on my Xbox and I had tons of stuff I want to play. But I just was like, after about an hour of fucking with that gardener and then getting to the second level where there's a kid that's scared of you with glasses. I was like, all right. I it, like the novelty's gone now i just uh i just i feel like other games have done it better frankly and been been funnier but it's i get it so i I tried it for anyone that's been asking about it i have tried it uh if you're into like funny puzzle games i'd still recommend it it's funny i don't know if it's worth like 30 bucks or whatever the fuck it is to buy on other shops but if you have an xbox it's on game pass 
give it a shot. It's funny. It's and it, I could see playing it with like little kids or something. It'd be fucking hilarious. Like just I've seen videos on Reddit and stuff of little kids playing Untitled Goose Game and not even trying to beat it, just running after the other characters with this goose and making them hawk and shit and fucking hilarious. So played that. I've been playing Ukulele and the Impossible Lair on my Switch. Uh, it's it's good. It's not great. Uh, I've seen it's a so I never played the original ukulele that they were like hyping up as like the spiritual successor to Banjo Kazooie, but I know that a majority of people kind of came down on it. Um, they set the bar pretty high comparing it to Banjo Kazooie though. Uh, this one is more of a 2D side scrolling game that people have been comparing to Tropical Freeze, and so that got my attention because I adore Tropical Freeze. Uh, so I downloaded it. I've played a few hours of it. It's not awful, but it's not tropical freeze. Like fucking come on. It, it come on. Like it. It feels like a, a president's choice. Uh, I guess I don't know if everyone in the world has president's choice. It's like a knockoff, no name, cheap version of Donkey Kong Country. It's it's okay. I'd rather play Donkey Kong Country or Shovel Knight or Celeste or fucking any of those other games. But it's meh. It's all right. Uh, I've been playing Resident Evil Two. On my PlayStation Classic. I'm going to save most of my thoughts for an episode of the show. Uh, but pretty fucking good so far. I've never played Resident Evil 2. I really want to play the remake. And I wanted to get through the original first. Um, pretty fucking good. That's all I'll say so far. And then again, as I mentioned, I've been playing Gears of War 5 on my Xbox One. And I'm loving it. I'm a pretty big Gears fan. Um, and they're all just, they're so familiar, like the mechanics of it, like the, the hide behind walls shooting, the active reloading. Uh, I just... It's like an old friend. Every time I fire one up, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember why I fucking love this series so much. Gears of War is the shit. So I'm playing Gears 5. So that's everything I've been playing. Uh, maybe I do play too many video games. I, I don't know. Uh, maybe I do. But that's what, I have been, that's what I've been playing recently. Let's talk about what we played back in the day. That's why you guys are here. And that is what we're talking about this week, episode 78. We're talking Perfect Dark by Rare on the Nintendo 64 uh and like i mentioned i think i feel like it gets overlooked occasionally because it's you know everyone talks goldeneye i don't know if everybody talks perfect dark i think the people that played it talk about it i just don't know if everybody played it uh it's a great game it's on xbox i played it i actually played it originally played it for the first time on my 360 before i ever really got into the nintendo 64 version uh which to me is the better way to play because you don't have to use that fucked up controller but uh i'll tell you more about that in a second i'm gonna cue some music yeah, I missed this. Uh, David Ray is back this week. He is my guest. We are talking Perfect Dark, which originally released on the Nintendo 64 on May 22nd of 2000. So that's 20 years ago now because it's 2020. Happy New Year, you guys. Welcome back to the show. Enjoy this week's episode. Kick back, relax. Let's talk Perfect Dark. Here we go. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Podcasting is a weird job because I talk to you nerds all the time. Every day, I tell you all about my life, the good and the bad. The ugly, I kind of keep that offline. And it's not that I don't want to talk about it. I'd love to talk about it. I just need to pick and choose who I talk to. We all have stuff that just lives in our minds, rent-free, 24-7. Talking about them can really help because the longer you keep something bottled up, the more likely it is to blow. You've heard me say it before and you're going to keep hearing me say it. Therapy is the way. Therapists can be that ear to bend when you really need to get something off your chest and don't know who to talk to. And BetterHelp is a great way to go about it. I don't BS you guys. I don't say I've used something if I've never used it. I've personally talked to a BetterHelp therapist about the stuff going on in my personal life, and I genuinely found it helpful. To have someone to talk to that doesn't have any skin in the game, that can just listen and try to help me come up with a roadmap to get through the tough times... 
It's just invaluable. It has seriously really helped me. I've talked to my therapist through video and you can do it that way or you can do it over the phone or even just over chat and they give you as many schedule options as possible so you can work a session in around your life. It's licensed therapy as convenient as it gets. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash RememberTheGame today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash RememberTheGame. So yeah, this this one this I'm this is like this is probably one of the bigger games that we haven't covered on the show yet. And yeah. it's and it's funny because like I think when most people think of shooters on the 64, they think of GoldenEye. Yeah, right? I, I, that's usually the discussion point, which is even though I would argue Perfect Dark is better. Oh, it yeah. like literally with the exception of not having the GoldenEye IP in it, like yeah. the James Bond IP, I yeah. think I think it does literally everything better. Um, it's just that like, like, I know I didn't play this one a lot until I, it came out on Xbox, it came to Xbox 360 like yes. years ago as like a, like the port of it. Yeah. And that was when I really played it. I barely played it on that, the 64. Uh, it, I don't think it was a port though. It uh, was well, like I, the next. No, there was a crappy new game, but then right. they did port this one to like oh, Xbox arcade. It was like 10 that. bucks or something. Okay, yeah. It was yeah, like yeah. that one. But like, and that's where I played it. Yeah. And I was even reading about it this morning and they were like, that's probably the definitive way to play it. Cause that's the version that's on rare replay on oh, the Xbox okay. one as well. Because, um, on the Nintendo 64 version, they were like, there's like, if you try to go back and play it now, like when was the last time you played this on the Nintendo 64? It was on the 64. So like, it's been a while. Yeah. They're like, it, it's got ridiculous, like slow down at points and yeah. stuff. Cause like, I mean, it needed the expansion pack, right? Like yeah. it was one of those games that like it pushed the 64 right to the brink. Yeah. Um, and I don't like, I do remember playing it and I don't remember running into serious problems with like lag and stuff. Yeah. But like everything I've read about it in the last day or so, getting ready for the show they're like they're it's it's like the the more modern versions of it are have obviously the systems are more powerful they can keep up but they're yeah. like that nintendo 64 one they're like you get some pretty heavy slowdown at times yeah so because as soon as they add more characters in there and all yeah. that stuff and because there's a few rushes that happen that, yeah that, that is true i i can recall a few especially when it was like the levels with the uh dinosaur lizard thing yeah 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 so okay so i was gonna ask you this like because yeah. i finished this game like the, the campaign and i assume you finished it yeah. back in the day like i uh and like when i finished it i literally finished it probably five six seven years ago like on xbox like on the arcade and, yeah. and i i i don't understand the story entirely i know there's like two groups of aliens <laughs> that are fighting and like you're the helping one and like the reptilian you know Right, so yeah. one of them is like the standard alien, like yeah. the like dude. When aliens, because do you like we won't get on a tirade. Like, do you, do you believe in aliens? Uh, something I believe that there's uh, the likelihood that there's other intelligent life out there is likely. Whether it's like advanced, that's a different question. I don't, agreed. I don't think they'd be necessarily super far advanced. Sure, okay. Yeah. I like. I feel like there's just as good of chance that there's something out there super advanced as there is that there's like bacteria that's never done anything. But I'm like, yeah. I you will never convince me there's not something else. 
in this massive universe beside us. Like, I'm not that egotistical to be like, we're the only thing. Yeah. But this isn't, I don't want to get into that because someone listening to this right now is like, what are you talking about? Aliens don't exist. Yeah. Yeah, Are they doing it? I don't want to do it. But like, the simple answer is no one knows. No one knows. But like, for some reason. It's possible, but it's not likely. Right. But for some reason, we as a species have decided that this is what aliens look like. They're these (laughs) tall, skinny, gray things with giant heads and black eyes. It, they look vaguely humanoid. Right. Yeah, like, and like, and that's just what we've just decided. And yeah. so like, yeah, so like the war in this game is like, it's between those aliens and then these weird lizard looking things. And they're the ones that can look like humans. Yes. Right? Yes. That's right. Okay. And then you control the girl. I don't remember her. Jo- jo- uh, Joanna Dark. Yes, that's correct. Um, yeah. And I didn't know this. Apparently they call her perfect dark because she had like perfect scores and training. Yeah. I didn't, I don't remember yep. that. And, uh, and you control her and then, I mean, if you know more of the story, feel free. All I remember is you kill lots of stuff and work for this corporation, and you're between the aliens, and you end up working with one of the gray ones, I think. Yeah, yeah, and you're helping them out, and to, uh, and eventually at the end, the grays go home, and right. yeah, everything's safe, you know. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. like it's so like, and, and to me, that's one of the cool things about this game because if this game came out today, like if you just up the graphics, up the gameplay, everything, and just put it out today, I think people would kind of crap on the weird story because they'd be like what the fuck is going on here you know what i mean the, story, like, the story's not great no yeah. and, and stories have become such a big part of gaming right but like yeah. back in like 2000 when this game came out like aside from metal gear solid yeah and rpgs it was more about like is it fun to play like yeah. if it's fun and i'm dealing with aliens and shooting stuff cool like i don't care if the story's super yeah because i would i would even say that uh, to compare it to its uh, the logical one, like Goldeneye, right? There, there is a story there because it's following the movie, but it's kind of like it's thinly there, mm-hmm. you know. Like you, there's you read the profile, the the file, and all, that, but that's not really why you're playing the level. No, same, yeah. Like, like it's it's <clears throat> not integral to like what's going on and why you're playing it. I agree with that. Like it, it like Goldeneye is funny because I never, I didn't, I I don't think I've ever seen that movie. Yeah, like Goldeneye. I don't think I've ever seen the the James Bond. I haven't seen like any movies, but I remember playing it, not really understanding what I was doing, just knowing like, okay, so I have to get from from here to there, yeah. and on my way there, I have to shut down this computer and find four files or whatever it is. You yeah. know what I mean? And I don't. And, and well, I mean, they took a lot of liberties in that because there's like stuff like Bond never went to the uh, satellite thing oh, okay. and there's like three four levels in that satellite right. area well that's just that you know what that is that's classic movie video game where yeah. they're like yo there, there's not enough it's levels a- from this movie yeah let's squish some stuff in there like, yeah. to make this long um but what's fascinating to me with perfect dark is like like everyone loved Goldeneye, so it makes yeah. complete sense for Rare to be like, "Hey, well, we're making another first-person shooter because we nailed the first... like." Yep. I think most people would agree that I mean, PC, you fucking PC master racers, PC people <laughs> aside, like we won't get into that, but like for for home console, <laughs> I mean, Goldeneye was an evolution. Like Goldeneye did something that no one had managed to do that well yet. Yeah, like right? especially on a console. Yeah, yeah, uh, like. Uh, the fact that you can kind of like look around and aim and yeah. you know uh, started adapting that kind of thing. Right. Um, I mean, it wasn't until it, it had its limitations in that uh, you only had the one joystick, which kind of hurt it. Yeah. Because you you really do need that difference of movement. And oh, looking. buddy. Yeah, uh, yeah. Otherwise, it's kind of like oh. 
let me pause, like, let me hit the other button that makes me stop in my tracks and to aim. It's yeah. like, wow. Well. And that's where, like, I mean, GoldenEye and Perfect Dark, like, I mean, I like I said, I played this on, on the 360, and it was fine, because they, they tweaked the controls where instead of using the C buttons, you had a dual analog. And they were like, and I never even knew this game without the dual analog, but they're like, that's, it's an <gasps> that's infinitely fair. better way to play. Uh, yeah. You try to go back and play a GoldenEye or a Perfect Dark now on the Nintendo 64 Four, with that yeah. weird controller, and I think you would be like, what the f- fuck like how do you do this you you really have to uh well they, they did give you like kind of an auto aim like it did kind of like right help uh, like aim uh, <clears throat> right to the person you're close to but yeah it's it's nothing the same no they're these ones are like much again like I've, I've, i feel bad for how often i say it but that nintendo 64 ps1 era I yeah. feel like a, more of that can be left in the past and can be brought up today. Like I'm good. Like it was like yeah. I like the memories. You know yeah. what I mean? Like they're weird. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's what I was going to say with Rare. They were like, well, we obviously have to make another one of these games. But I what I find very fascinating, and I don't know the details behind it, and I don't. I mean, it's not that I don't care, but I'm not going to look it up. They uh, they didn't go back to the Golden Eye light, like the James Bond world and yeah. licensing. They were like, we're just going to create our own. I, th- I, I don't think they could secure it. Maybe, uh, yeah. I, like, uh, I, I think I think it was something in that regard. And then they were just like, "Well, we got this this um, engine, the killer engine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're going to make it now." And uh, and I what I do remember is Joanna Dark, the person who voices it, is just like some random person from their office that they. Just, oh, really? Yeah, like, yeah. They're just like, "Well, I guess now that we don't have to worry about James Bond, we can do this and like." It kind of like opened up the. I like that. Yeah, it would be funny as if they like they were near the end and they're like, okay, we got to get audio captured, and they're like, how much money's left in the budget? And they brought it up, and they're like, fourteen dollars and sixty seven cents. <laughs> and then and then like Joanna from accounting was walking by, and they were like, hey Joanna, come here, <laughs> you just got here. Say this. Like, and they were like, good. That's a cool story. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, I, if well, I think about it because that's also. Uh, 64 would be the first time that you can even kind of have audio. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, that's true. The idea that you'd even have, like, voice at all is kind yeah. of amazing. People weren't thinking, like, why aren't you getting, like, you know, Willem Dafoe in here to do right. a voice? Like, Troy Baker. Like, now there's, like, guys that have made a living doing video game voiceovers. That's, but, that's yeah, back right. then it was, yeah, we just need to The novelty somebody. is the fact that it's happening. Like, yeah, you yeah. You have voice. So what's, yeah, like, so, okay, so one of the things that fascinates me about this is, like, they, they don't have the James Bond license, and, like, I know, my personally, like, I never owned this game as a kid. Yeah. Uh, I, I remember, like, my friend renting it and playing it a few times. It was cool, but I was, like, the, like, because they can't use James Bond in the marketing, yeah. there's no, like, hey, this is, like, the sequel to GoldenEye, or, or the, 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 what's the word I'm looking for, the... Um, like the spiritual successor, successor yeah. to GoldenEye. They were like, we're just, we're the company that made GoldenEye. Now we're making another shooting game. You yeah. know what I mean? And I don't remember ever even seeing them mention that like in advertising. It was just like, here's the shooting game. You know what I mean? I, maybe they I did. Think, <clears throat> I think at that time, Rare had a lot more stock and it's kind of like right brand re- recognition, right. which doesn't necessarily happen anymore. Yeah. Because uh, at that era, you know, it was around Donkey Kong and it was... Uh, golden eye yeah. and like they, they really did well in that in oh. that that 64 3d era yeah rare was uh, a heavy so, like the fact that they didn't need to line uh, like reference back to golden eye they can just say we're rare i guess you know? so yeah. yeah yeah you're right yeah you're right uh so like i know this game didn't sell as well as golden eye but it also came yeah. out closer to the end of the 64 yes. And you needed the expansion pack, and not everybody had any. Like we didn't have an expansion pack. Like, yeah. uh, which uh, so, so you didn't play Majora's Mask? 
You know what? I played Majora's Mask finally on the 3DS once the 3D mm. version came out, and because uh, that I, was the other game you needed it for. Yeah, and yeah, and I well, and there's or, a, Donkey there's, Kong. Donkey Kong 64, I think, had it too. I think oh, that, that could be. I don't know. That could doesn't be. matter. Yeah. It was like the first like, like I mean, today like you can buy like there, there's a fucking 40 3DSs out there, yeah. and like you can get a PlayStation or a four or a PlayStation mm. Four Pro, and there's the Xbox, and then like the eight thousand yeah. more advanced xboxes this was kind of like the first one where they were just like hey you want first one in north america right yeah. yeah yeah exactly yeah uh actually know what i take that back well first well, run for nintendo yeah that's okay because i was gonna go there too C- C- uh, sega cd and <laughs> this was the stuff. first one that kind of worked because yeah. yeah sega tried it with like eight things yeah they built that tower of horrors on the genesis <laughs> And he was just like, well, you need you need a Sega CD and a 32X and four six-button controllers, and you could play this game. And you're like, and then no. if you And then if you also put, uh, like, uh, Sonic Knuckles into the th- uh, 32, oh, and then you could, like, you could have... Like, a Literally death. Mount Everest of Sega. <laughs> uh, but with this, like, this fascinates me because, like, I, you have to imagine there were parents that bought this game and then found out they couldn't play it because they didn't have oh, an expansion yeah. pack. And like that's a ballsy thing, you know. I th- I think they were pretty clear on that you needed it on the box, although parents often just like it, yeah, don't, they don't know read, what that is. They know? don't read what what's on there. It's, it's December 23rd and you're like I got to get the what, what's what's the kid want for Christmas? Perfect Dark. So you yeah. go to the store and you buy Perfect Dark. And you're like, "Okay, <laughs> perfect." You know, it doesn't work. Um, but they really like I do remember this and I remember this from playing it on the 360 and stuff like that. Rare really like they they were like how what is the absolute maximum we can get out of the Nintendo 64 and let's do it like this game might push the 64 as far as any game did on that console absolutely like, like there it was it was really neat because uh, I know for myself uh, I didn't have like uh, other controllers and like the only way I'd play multiplayer on uh, GoldenEye let's say is like going over to a friend's place mm-hmm. and one of the neat things about uh, Perfect Dark is they introduced the idea of bots yeah man uh, to, and bots with like different personalities and, yes and, and like yeah like that you could tweak the AI of yeah. the computer bots you put into your multiplayer games yeah. was like what yeah. like that yeah. was unheard of back then right and so you're right like golden eye it was one to four players you and your friends that was it mm-hmm. this one like i think you could get up to 12 like not 12 humans but you could have eight or 12 bots yeah, like like like, like 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 participants one to four humans and then a bunch of bot players and you could yeah. decide how the bots played and stuff like yeah. and again like i think rare deserves an absolute i mean they've gotten their credit for this game because of the yeah. reviews and the prestige that this title carries but like they could have just taken golden eye dropped their new ip's like like skins on it and been like here's another shooting game and they yeah, really they, went all out with it yeah they they really improved a lot of uh things about it like because the thing i liked about uh were all the weapons that had like a secondary function yeah yeah so you can like in the moment change overs like oh i need uh to set up the laptop gun to have a turret set up mm-hmm. and like which it was the only way to do certain like multiplayer things against like the perfect bots because the perfect bots would just like turn the corner and hit you like headshot right away. Yeah, yeah. So the only way to do it was like have turrets set up. Yeah, they yeah. like it was incredible because they put a mountain of weapons in this mm-hmm. game and like and I've always preferred like this game to me almost feels like the the Nintendo sixty four era uh, Halo. Like with all the aliens and all the alien, like the weird weapons and stuff like that. As as long as you, yeah, you had to ban like the far sight, yeah, from use. Because yeah, that I think out of any weapon, I you would have you'd be hard pressed to find a weapon that's more overpowered than the far sight. <laughs> <laughs> because the thing is, it can look through 
all walls, not even one, all of them. You can see to the end of the map. Right. And uh, shoot it, and it goes through the walls and kills in one shot. Like, how is that fair? <laughs> like, in what world? Like, unless Why did they the... think that this is like, yes, this would be good. Although, you know what it is? I bet they're just like, look, we need to have a weapon that's just like a ridiculous weapon. And right. they can choose to put it in or not. Right. You and, know, like. And that's like, and to me, like, when you get back to the multiplayer, like, I, I mean, the more customization my multiplayer has, the more I'm into my multiplayer games. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, like I know, like, there is no such thing as too much customization, in my opinion. Because yeah. you can just choose not to use it if you don't want. Like, I mean, I don't play a ton of Smash Brothers now, yeah. but you could literally tweak everything in smash brothers there's there's some people that like i don't want any of those uh you know bonuses coming in right i just want to like play it clean right right and and then there's others that's just like no it's just like mountains of it all the time and everything's involved and 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 like and with perfect dark yeah they were just like okay so not only are we going to put like a whole bunch of different modes in yeah where like you could play as teams you can go against each other's capture the flag king of the hill you've got this I remember there being one where you have like a briefcase and you have to be the guy that holds on to the briefcase the longest. And, and, oh yeah, it was, uh, and you couldn't use a weapon while you had the briefcase. Right, so yeah, you're just you, running, you're just away. running away. Yeah. Like, and then and then there's levels, and then you can put in like you can tweak the weapons, you can put in how much damage the weapons do. I think like I I remember on Goldeneye there was like one shot kills and stuff like that. I yes. have to imagine all that was in this game as well. Like, uh, yeah, but they, they went like specific in a lot of stuff. Right, yeah, and I I fucking love that. Like Perfect Dark really feels like they. They took Goldeneye and wrote every little thing that was down that they did, like levels, weapons, enemies, multiplayer, and and they were just like, okay, what is the absolute most we could do to expand this? Like, what is the absolute most we could do to expand this? Yeah, and uh, and that is fucking awesome. Like, cause it there's so much replay there. You know, like you said yourself, you only had one controller, but you can still play multiplayer if you want to. I yeah, think that, that was that really was, cool. That was and yeah. Because once you play through the story, you played through the story. Maybe you don't want to go through it again unless right. you want to unlock everything. Right. Um, but aside from that, it was just great to be able to, uh, oh, yeah, I can just set up this thing and, like, try to push myself. And right. try to, like, oh, go against harder and harder opponents. Yeah, yeah. And, and it, like... And it's funny because, like, by today's standards, that mode sounds stupid because it's like, well, you can play online. You can play online anytime yes. you want against anybody you want. Why that would you was play no- against the computer and do that? Fair. But, like, in 2000, yeah, you that's could. all we could do, You couldn't right? do like, that. Uh, so that was really cool because, yeah, like, it, it, like, I mean, and that's just the multiplayer. And I think most people, when they think, well, I don't know. I'll ask you this. Like, when I think of Goldeneye, mm-hmm. the thing that jumps out to me most is multiplayer and playing with my buddies. When I think yeah. of Perfect Dark, the thing that jumps out to me is the campaign. Like, I know multiplayer was great. But I, I remember the campaign more vividly than I remember the multiplayer. I don't know if everyone feels like that or if that's just me. I don't know. I, I think it's a little bit of both. Uh, I, I think one of the reasons, as I said, is that multiplayer by myself. Because it was like, I could actually do that right. now. Um, or a lot more often. Right. Uh, but the campaign, yeah, there was definitely some... Like that opening level I really liked. I liked the premise. Dude, the, yes. It felt like a spy level yeah. kind of thing, which is really what I liked out of the Bond yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, and Bond is a little bit more... Like I, I like Mission Impossible, not Bond yeah. style. Yeah. Like uh, where Bond is kind of like more of like a mercenary that just goes in and blows everything up. There's R- not a lot of stealth in, right, right. in those movies. Uh, whereas Mission Impossible has at least... A semblance of more sneaky stuff happening, yeah. and I like that. Like, I mean, I wouldn't. And Perfect Dark does that 
it's felt like you can kind of sneak your way through the level. Absolutely, yeah. I wouldn't necessarily call it like puzzle solving, but I yeah. like that when I like it when my when my campaign mode has like, uh, yeah, like if you want to play it stealth, you can. You got to go and you got to hack this computer. You got to go mm-hmm. find this thing and then hack this computer. And if you want to go in guns a blazing, shoot your way through all of them and go yeah. hack the computer. But if you want to be cool and sneaky about it, like that's an option too, right? I, I mean, it, you still have to shoot everything in this game, but it like it felt like they're at least in moments of the game, it right. felt like it, it just breaks up the monotony of like just run shoot, run shoot, run shoot, you know. And I think it, I think the alien thing kind of bothered me. I think that was the thing that kind of stood out. Is like I really didn't like fighting the lizard guys later on, where it was like they weren't human. With, yeah, I liked fighting against <clears throat> humans with guns as opposed to like and, weird giants. Yeah, like and that's creatures. yeah, that's where I was like, that's what I was when you mentioned how much you liked the first level. Like, I mean, I love that when you're in that office building. Yeah, and like I just I loved that setting. I thought that was so cool, and the way you could like see like the city like through i mean obviously the graphics weren't like they are now but like you could see the city like at night through these giant windows and you're yeah. running from boardroom to boardroom and elevators and stuff and yeah. then like i remember there being levels near like uh and i'll get more into like the replayability of this because there's a lot of replayability in the campaign if you want to do like all of the missions and all the yeah. highest difficulties and stuff but i do remember like some of the later levels being like is, there's one where you're in like an ice cave or you're in like a, a mountains or something and then i remember yeah, yeah you're at like this like shrine of theirs or something and it's like aztec and like all these rocks and snow and yeah, shit like yeah. that and i agree with you i was like i want to go back to the office building like i want to be the spy that's doing that stuff like that was it, more fun to me like yeah i didn't like it opening up it, it's the same way i feel about uh, have you ever heard of the game thief i've heard of it i never played it though the first uh thief i can't speak to the other ones because I was like, the first one's like a perfect stealth game. Like right. The first level that you try out, and you're like, it's a medieval style thing, and there's like lighting and shadows and all kinds of stuff. But later on, you're just like fighting like magical monsters and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, I kind of like the thing where you're sneaking around and you can yeah. play around around with the like humans kind of thing. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, sometimes it like... I don't know. And, some, that, I, and that's why I like Hitman. Right. <laughs> I, I do. I love H- the Hitman. Hitman is like, yeah, this is the game I've been really, been really looking yeah, for. Yeah, Hitman's rad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I like this Perfect Dark's not the only game that does it. And I don't even say Perfect Dark does it more than others. But like, there's there are games where like the first level or two are so like clever and, and in depth. And, and, and you're mm. like, this is like, oh, let me play this. Like, this is awesome. And then you finish the game or you get halfway through the game and then you realize that like the, the creativity maybe in some of the levels has disappeared and it's just turned into like basic go to the end, kill everybody you're done. And it's like, yeah. or whatever, you know what I mean? And it, it, sometimes it almost feels like they had like these great aspirations. They designed the first level, they got their engine down and everything in the first level. They're like, okay, we got to do this like 12 more times. And then they realize like, we don't have the ideas. We don't have the budget or something. We don't have the time. We're like, okay, like, yeah. let's, Let's get the levels done, and then if we have time, we'll go back and add more creativity to them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I and I do feel like this that kind of happens with this game. There's points where I'm like, this doesn't like. There's just not as much like kooky, clever stuff. I'm just kind of kill the aliens and go. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I I think I think that's always the big challenge in those kind of games that where you have to move in towards you have to create these this alien culture in this alien yeah. world like how does it work yeah whereas like you know that boardroom level well you know how like 
a boardroom or like a how an office we all we can all relate to that yeah yeah you yeah can do that so you can lay make it make sense right whereas if you're like okay so what does an alien spaceship look like i uh, i guess it probably has this it's yeah the, i guess know, it's we all decide what it looks like i suppose yes yeah, so maybe it's just it's the, it little, becomes less relatable maybe yeah and it's hard to think of how would this function yeah you know yeah yeah, that's fair, I guess. I don't know. I, it just feels different. There's just something be. about it, you know? Yeah. I don't know. but that, That's why a lot of alien designs often, like, they like the ultra-advanced stuff where it's just, oh, there's very little displays and everything's super clean and everything yeah. just pops up. And, like, I, I think a part of it is just, like, you, it's hard to imagine yeah, yeah. something that's not human. Right. Yeah, know? yeah, I get that. Say, it's why aliens are often bipedal, like, or represented as, like, they look vaguely like an animal that we know on Earth, or it looks vaguely like a mm-hmm. human or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, like, one thing I do love about it, and I actually, like, I, I think that this gets overlooked with GoldenEye. I don't mean to keep, like, if you want a more in-depth review of GoldenEye, it's I think we did it in, like, episode 11 or 12. So go check that one out when you're done this. Yeah. But uh, and then, I mean, it makes sense to compare this one to You can't not, one. right? It, it, it's the same company. But and it's also like same era. Oh yeah, like, like it's hard not to, you know. Uh, It'd be like talking Tony Hawk two and not mentioning Tony Hawk three. Like it's, yeah. you have to bring them up. Uh, but one of the things that both these games do that I really like that I don't think enough people talk about is like in the campaign mode, the higher difficulty you play, mm. like the more objectives you have. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Whereas yeah. like if you played on the easiest difficulty, maybe your objective is like find this person, get them out of here, and that's it. And then in yeah. the later ones, it's like oh, you also need to find this disc with evidence on it. Go hack this computer and shut down the alarm system it puts you into like rooms that are like objectively more difficult or like you have to go into a part of the room where oh man people are going to see you you right. can't right and, i mean and know. like i mean because it's one thing to just be like well it's it's the difficulties are easy normal or hard and the harder it is the more damage the bad guys do and the more bad guys there are bad, more bad um, and how, how accurate there are right stuff, like yeah. but then when you add in like you also have to go find more things and do more objectives like i not enough games do that in my opinion like i really yeah. Like, there's one thing to just make the difficulty harder, but like when you have to actually do more stuff to beat a level too, I think that's really, like to me that gives it replay, mm. as opposed to just being like, okay, well I beat it on normal, now I'll beat it on hard and it'll be harder. It's like I want to play but it on I, hard. I'm doing the same beats or whatever, right? Yeah, you, you're like I want to play it on harder because I want to find the extra things and yeah. see like if there's more story here or something like that, yeah. even if I don't get the fucking story, uh, <laughs> which I which I don't, but uh, yeah. Um, see, see, that's the one thing I I barely remember this. I just I just remember it was like an alien conflict that came up, and honestly, as soon as they introduced like yeah that they're lizards, I that's when I'm like oh I'm disappointed. That was my yeah. dis- that was the heartbreak moment for me. I'm like this is this it's going to be like a weird Duke Nukem thing. Yeah, you yeah. Know? You're like oh this has turned I'm into out. something completely different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's um, always, that's always the disappointment I find in any kind of like media right. where you expect this one thing and then uh, it goes off in this. Oh, well, I didn't know that we we're getting yeah. into aliens and yeah, this. they kind of tease you with one thing and then it yeah. becomes something different. Because like, Perfect Dark, that opening level, the first initial splash of it is like, oh, this is a spy game. Yeah. And it's not after a while. No, not at all. And like honestly, I would have like I have no problem with them involving like the gray aliens. Like yeah. if this like if this if this company that you're like going in to deal with is maybe covering up the aliens or trying to use the aliens yeah. or something. And originally maybe you're like with them and then you realize like, oh, they're hurting the aliens and the aliens aren't bad. Let's go save because remember the alien yeah. I do remember the gray yeah. alien's name is Elvis. Yes, or you call that's him Elvis. Right. And they, it's so easy to like him. And yeah. you're like, Well, I want to help Elvis. He's my yeah. friend. Like yeah. I like that story. Do you know what I mean? 
Mm-hmm. Um, another thing this game did was, and I forgot about this, you could go co-op in the campaign. Yeah. And with, like, with your, I think it was like your sister or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> fuck. It didn't matter. Like, just the fact that they were like, hey, you know what? There's going to be a lot of people that want to play this together. Like, we put a lot of work into this campaign. Let's let them play it, two-player. Like, I mean... Actually, that's very true. Like, that's the... That that's a big advantage over Bond. Uh, Huge advantage, in my like, opinion. Uh, because I I find that even now when you, there's a one player game, you know, like I'm thinking of a shooter game, like mm-hmm. a lot of can you do like you know Call of Duty multiplayer? Can well, you, like like I know Halo, you can, Halo, and I know yes. Gears of War, you can. Like I, I know Gears there's of War is not them, first person, but, like, but not all of them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I really prefer like my fondest memories of Halo, like of the first Halo, yeah. aren't the multiplayer as fun as multiplayer was. It was trying to beat the campaign on Legendary with my friends. With friends, like yeah. that was like I was like, dude, when you're on the same team together and you're just trying to kill all these badass aliens and stuff, yeah. that just becomes more fun. Yeah. And so to put a two-player campaign into this at a time where that wasn't a completely normal thing, and they certainly well, didn't shooter, have to do it in a shooter, exactly, specifically, yeah, yeah. yeah. And because I don't cer- even know if PC games did it at that time. Maybe they did. I don't like Doom and stuff. Wasn't two-player campaigns, no. right? Uh, that's really like again. That to me feels like they literally just took every aspect of their first game and were like, "How can we just put more meat on this bone?" Yeah, and they're like, "Let's make it two-player." And I think I and I don't know, but I think. You could play it one player with a computer controlled ally if you wanted to. I don't, don't remember though. Don't know about that. Uh, so if I'm wrong, then don't fucking yell at me. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> I just looked right here. The campaign includes a cooperative mode allowing two players or one player and up to four controlled bots to tackle a level together. Oh, I didn't know that. Like, there's so much depth in this. Yeah. Like, that's fucking really cool, you know? Yeah. And then you mentioned the weapons. The weapons yeah. in this game. Not only are the weapons rad. Like, I'm looking at the list here. I, I pulled up the list, and it's like. There is like four, 30 to 40 weapons in this, it looks okay. like. And like, and every weapon has an alternate mode. Yes. And like, and I love that because some of the alternate modes are as simple as like, well, instead of shooting like, you know, a bullet at a time, maybe it yeah. shoots like a spray, but it takes more ammo. Like, you know, they're just more powerful weapons. And then later on, there's like some wild Dude, stuff you get. Isn't there like some that are like night vision or something? Yeah. And like you can hack computers with some or like get find like alarms with them and stuff. Like, yeah, there's the uh, one of the wild ones. Uh, wait, I just saw it here. Um, the psychosis gun. Where it's just like you shoot it at a guy and it makes the guy go nuts and he just starts attacking the newest nearest person. Like that's so cool. Like, because that's a great way to double up the amount of weapons you have in a way without yeah. actually having to design twice as many weapons, right? And yeah. just the fact, like you said, there was almost forty weapons. Like just that, if there was no alternative weapons on each one, yeah. but there were forty weapons. You'd be like, well, there's lots of fun ways to play this. But they were like, not only is there all these weapons, but we'll put like extra modes into a bunch of them too. Yeah. And that's really rad. You yeah. know what I mean? Like good for them. Like just to... If you're hearing this, you're probably a gamer. And for our kind, nothing is as precious and valuable as our save files. Have you ever experienced the loss of a save file? It's soul crushing. Dozens, maybe hundreds of hours of work. Gone. Like that. But at the end of the day, it's a video game. It matters, but... Kinda, you know? That exact scenario, but with a work project, an essay for school, data for your business, that's no joke. That can be really serious. You need a safety net. And I got you, fam, with my partners over at CrashPlan. Visit CrashPlan.com slash RTG for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. CrashPlan has been protecting people's data since 2001. And a couple years ago, they set out on their own with one mission, to provide the 
best damn cloud backup solution on the market. CrashPlan runs quietly in the background of your computer or Mac, and every 15 minutes on the clock, they create a new backup of every file that's changed in that time. So if something goes wrong, God forbid, you don't lose hours, lose days, lose weeks of work. Just log into your account and you can download your most recent backup from the secure cloud servers. And there's not just one backup. There's a laundry list of them. You can pick and choose which one you want. It's like the ultimate undo button. If you work on a computer in any capacity, CrashPlan is a must-have. And if you're thinking, ah, that's for big businesses. I'm just Joe Schmo. CrashPlan protects Joe Schmo. They offer a ton of plans and tiers. So there's a crash plan for everyone from small one-person businesses like me to you fancy businesses in offices with staff and free donuts and all that stuff. Time is money. Why wouldn't you protect your work? Spreadsheets, diagrams, videos, art, podcasts. CrashPlan has you covered. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash RTG for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash RTG for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. I just, I really, really like it when a game developer, like, does the extra work to be like you know what we're gonna make sure you get your money's worth if you give us your 80 bucks or whatever i don't even remember what these games were worth. It, it, it's like, not like mm-hmm. the nhl series where they just like oh fuck they, they've already figured it out and like, well there's nothing else we can really do <laughs> so we'll skating's mildly different funny like <laughs> i i uh with updated rosters that's what we're doing is updated rosters and they could have probably done that they could have put it and if anything i feel if they would have done another james bond game I think it would have fallen into that. Yeah, I agree. Because they, they wouldn't need to do anything more. They could just lie on the IP. But because they're like, hey, we can do anything if yeah. it's our own. Yeah. So let's look at... Yeah. We'll make I, wild weapons and... Yeah. And I think part of their logic was probably too, like if we create this brand new IP and this thing takes off like Golden I did, like we're like every... I have to... I don't, I've never made a video game, but I have to assume that every game developer would mm-hmm. love to stumble upon a new IP they've invented that just takes off. And now you've got a license. Like, I mean, like when Naughty Dog started making the Uncharted games and then the Uncharted games blew up and they were like, holy fuck, like, or like the Assassin's Creed games. And like, well, now we've got a license to print money. You know what I mean? And I'm sure that they were, they were like hoping like, hey, if Perfect Dark takes off, like we've got this cool new world, we got aliens we can play with, we can add in new characters. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, it kind of sucks because they never really did anything else with it. They did that crappy 360 game. It was almost like a launch title for the 360 and it got just paint. I bought it and I was like, this sucks. Like it wasn't, it was not good. (laughs) Uh, And then like, I think it's basically dead. Like, I mean, they re-released this one on, on, on Xbox live and on the rare replay disc, but like, what else are they doing with perfect dark? Like it's pretty well gone. I, and I, I think it's, I think a part of it is people think of it as the uh, GoldenEye clone. Uh, like, oh, it was the one that, I guess it was the knockoff GoldenEye. As opposed to it's standing on its own. It didn't help that, as 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 we've been talking about, it's not like the story redeemed it. Yeah. Like, it like, makes it stand out on its own. Yeah. Like, it was just a really great shooter and you know like other shooters have come along since and you know like yeah i don't know if there's i 
wonder if you could do another Perfect Dark. Yeah, because I was, I was like, when you said that, I was like, you know what? Like, if there is an overcrowded genre in video games, <laughs> it's probably first person shooters. Like, well, maybe now, now, now it's open world sandbox fucking games. There's yeah, that, which is just everywhere now. But like, you know, in the era of the Halos, the Call of Duties, the Battlefields, all those, yeah. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, you know what? If you tried to launch this brand new IP, because it, it would almost be a brand new IP to gamers today, like the yeah. kids today, and you're well, like, and the ones that are popular are like, you know, uh, Overwatch and Fortnite, right. which are kind of like on two opposite ends of the same thing of, well, I don't know, they're both cartoony. Like in Perfect Dark is like in a realm of cartooniness yeah. to a certain degree. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because it's got that high sci-fi element to it and it's got that. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it would work today. And it's a lot of money to spend and then be like, ah, oh, it didn't work. Nobody wants it. Like, and that's got to be a big concern of game developers today is you're just like, fuck, if we take a chance on something and it doesn't work, like, yeah. it's, it's, it's eight, nine, I have no idea. I assume eight, nine figure money that you're out for this game that didn't work. And you're like, well, now what do we fucking do? Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. now we're stuck with this game, right? And I think when that, when the, when that original, I don't remember the name of it, Perfect Dark Zero or something. Yeah. But it was whatever one came out with the oh, Xbox yeah. 360 when it launched. When that one panned, I think they were probably like, all right, like, if, good enough. Yeah. Good enough. But because, this game. Yeah, because at that point, when it was the 360, that was like two generations after. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so it's like when 3D graphics are like looking really sharp and really good. And that was the first, one of the first shooters to come out. Yep. And it's like, well, if that one didn't work, like, what other scenario. Right. Is it going to work? And at that point, you have to remember, too, like, you're not only is it, like, like you're dealing with Halo. Yeah. Right? And you got to remember, like, I know people, like, Halo's not what it was, but in the original Xbox and then the Xbox 360 era, yeah. Halo was, like, the Everything, undisputed yeah. king of shooters, especially on the Xbox. So how do you bring in your your other IP of a shooter on the Xbox and be like, we're as good as Halo? Be, well, no, and, yeah. and, well, and that's the thing, too, is, like, Halo's a great example of, like, because uh, a lot of those weapons had... Uh, kind of multi-modes. You can and, like, like tweak with them and stuff. And you yeah, can yeah. have the co-op uh, campaign. Yeah. And you can... The innovations that were introduced by uh, Perfect Dark were kind of like, well, now that they're they're in the DNA of Halo, that's... Yeah. Yeah, I guess, I guess the real question is, can you make another Halo? <laughs> that's it, right? And they're probably like, no, we probably they're, can't. Yeah. So, uh, dude, this... Yeah, I don't know. I just... I know we didn't get too into the detail on the plot and stuff like that, but I'm telling you guys, like when I was getting ready for this episode, I went to the Wikipedia page and just read a little bit about the game. You can, you can read the plot on the Wikipedia page. I promise you, unless you know this game like the back of your hand, you're gonna read it. It's four or five paragraphs, uh, and you're it, gonna be like, what, "What? It's a, it's that. That's what it was. Like I was not. I I was so disappointed in the story. Yeah, and like. And even how it affected the levels, like it, that, that is the that's the big weak point to Perfect Dark, and probably one of the reasons why it's not a classic. Yeah, or I agree. like a classic in the same realm as Goldeneye. Yeah, it's right on the like. I mean, because the review, like everyone knows, the reviews for Perfect Dark are great. You yeah. know what I mean? Like when yes. I'm looking at them right now, it's like 98, A plus, you know, 196. Like it's the reviews are all phenomenal, but this game just does not have the the legendary status that GoldenEye has. And I think part of it is because GoldenEye came first yeah. and did it first. And we all love the multiplayer of GoldenEye and stuff like that. And that's that. a big thing. Like the, the thing that when you do something new and creative, that's a, that's an important thing to make those things survive. That's why uh, Mario is still yeah. making new games. And yeah. Like 
why you could probably make a new Sonic, even though that one's just a you know a trash fire. Like I, I think there's probably a way you can resurrect Sonic, but Perfect Dark has the thing of like it was not the first to do it. Yeah, you know, to to me, Perfect Dark carries the distinct to me. Like when I think of like the end of the Nintendo sixty four, like like the like. Because, like, in almost every console's lifespan, like, the last couple of games that come out on it are usually amongst, if not the best. It's just that they get forgotten about sometimes because people have moved on to the new games. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, that didn't happen. Like, the one that, like, to me, the best swan song for a console maybe ever, and I'm people are going to yell at me if they don't agree, but I I always think of The Last (laughs) of Us on PS3. Because I I think Mm. The Last of Us is an absolute masterpiece of a video game. And it didn't get forgotten about. Yeah. But it was like right near the end and people were talking PS4 and stuff like that. And that happens to games sometimes. And with the Nintendo 64, there's two games that jump out at me like that. And one is Perfect Dark and the other one is Paper Mario, which are both great games that just kind of... Everyone that played them adores them, right? Yeah. Like anyone listening to this episode that grew up with Perfect Dark is like, dude, Perfect Dark is awesome. Like yeah. they they all think it's awesome, but it just doesn't have that legacy spot because yeah. it was just near the end. It, it's not part of the like why the Nintendo sixty four grew into what it was. It yeah. was the like swan song. This is the best thing the Nintendo sixty four could do. You know what it I mean? It was like the crown jewel on the thing, but it, that in and of itself is not. It 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 does depend on like the first impressions of a system yeah because like when you when a new system comes out there's not a lot of games right so goldeneye was one of the few that came out right it's right it's you own that or mario yeah that and yeah mario 64 is the other major game that people remember and that initial impression and everybody having it yeah when it's at the end of the system then it's like well everybody has there's access to hundreds of games and this is just going to be one on top of that so it's not widespread yeah and especially if you throw in you need the expansion pack which was only for yeah like three or four games classic peripheral right that just didn't do enough like it came out near the end and it just didn't do enough like people weren't going to spend the money on it but I don't know. I mean, Perfect Dark is rad. It deserves its place. Like when any, I mean, back when the Nintendo sixty four. If I'm going to play, if I had the choice between GoldenEye and Perfect Dark right now, back in the old system, I'm going to choose Perfect Dark. Me too. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. And I think a lot of, unless you've got that like ultimate sentimental attachment to GoldenEye, most people that played both yeah. would choose the latter as yeah. well. They'd choose Perfect Dark. Like when you talk about when when all the hype was about the Nintendo sixty four mini and everyone thought a sixty four classic was coming and stuff. Yeah, this was one of the games that everyone was like, "Well, yeah, you got to have like there's the Mario's, mm-hmm. the sports games, and then there's Goldeneye and, and Perfect Dark." You know what I mean? Like you, like and and quite frankly, guys, listen, if a Nintendo sixty four mini ever happens, and I'm not sold it does, but if it ever does happen, you're not getting Goldeneye. No, but you probably will get Perfect Dark because. Rare and Nintendo, like, well, Rare's owned by Microsoft now, yeah. but Microsoft and Nintendo are buddies now. Yeah. Like, Banjo-Kazooie is a Rare IP that just found his way into, they, they just got into Smash Brothers. Mm, yeah. And and Cuphead is an Xbox exclusive that just found its way onto Nintendo. Switch, yeah. And there's been all this talk about Xbox Live coming to Nintendo Switch. I don't know if that's actually going to happen, but there's been rumors about it forever. I, I think, because isn't Xbox, like, trying to get out of the console thing? I, well, okay, like, I don't know. I, I, I thought they should, but, I mean, they, they're announcing stuff for a new system, so I don't know. But, like, uh, yeah. the thing is, is they're, they're fucked. Like, they can't beat PlayStation, and yeah. Nintendo's got their own thing going. Like, I wish they would. I would adore, I would love to just see Xbox and Nintendo team up. I've yeah. ranted about that on here before. And this is one of those games, like, I have no doubt in my mind, if Nintendo 64 games come to Nintendo Switch, like, with their online service, yeah. I bet you this game shows up. 
because they can put it on there. They can yeah. be like, you know what? And here, by the way, here's the Xbox 360 controls yeah. where it handles a little bit better and stuff like that. Yeah, do you it, know what I mean? Yes, it would definitely, you could do the, yeah, the move and look. Because, yeah. Uh, cause, yeah, like I played it on my 360, again, seven, eight years ago and found it perfectly playable. I was like, this just handles like a regular third person or yeah. first person shooter. And I think if you picked up one of those Nintendo 64 controllers, like that controller has aged as terribly as any controller in gaming history. Because there's only one way you used it. It was like the the your left hand on the middle, and then your right hand. You rarely like there was it, rarely it, oh. any reason for your left hand to go up to the D pad. It like I love that controller because it's got its place in gaming history, right? Yeah. Like it, we all love it, but like that. What a, like the Nintendo and the Super Nintendo controllers, the NES, SNES, yeah. those both still handle great. Yeah. And to Sony's credit, the PlayStation. I mean, that controller's barely changed over four generations. Yeah, it's gotten S- slightly bigger. Right. Yeah. Uh, and and quite frankly, it might probably is the best con like controller design ever like those controllers are really good i love the xbox 360 controller yeah i can live with the xbox controller not the giant one but the little one yeah uh uh, i love the gamecube controller so much but Mm. the but the fucking nintendo 64 three-pronged weirdo thing was cool at the time uh, but now it's like, what, what the fuck is it? Was it cool? I don't even know if it was. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it was it? just we had no choice but to use it. Maybe yeah. that's all it was. I, I think it was handy because it was like uh, that whole idea of the joystick and the gun. Like it was mm-hmm. giving for that shooter kind mm-hmm. of thing. I can't imagine trying to play a first-person shooter now with a analog stick uh, and then four buttons that are arrows, and that's how you should like fuck off. What the fuck? What is this? You know, that doesn't work. <laughs> But this yeah. game was good for its time. Before we score this thing, have you got any last uh, thoughts, criticisms of Perfect um, Dark? And for the record, while well, he's thinking, if you listen to this and you're like, oh, you forgot to mention, I don't know, like, like I actually, I want to say there was a way you, you could play multiplayer in the campaign where one person controlled bad guys and one controlled good guys. Yes. I, yes. I forgot all about that. Yeah. I was like, I don't want to catch shit from someone that's like, you forgot to mention this favorite part of my game. Because I do that, get messages that, like that sometimes. Fair. I try. We're, we it's try. all off the top of our head. If you want an in-depth, thorough review, go listen to Retro Nuts with that fucking idiot Bob Mackey and that fucking... <laughs> super anal research podcast they do which is fine but don't listen to them instead of us listen to them in in, in addition to us but this is supposed to be two people remembering these games not two people doing fuck i have no time to do that kind of homework so don't (laughs) yell at me anymore okay i that was a good mode especially if the the really good players the bad guys because you just kind of like yeah i have two hits on me but guess i don't I don't right. need them. <laughs> yeah, and the best part was like when you ever you died, you could just take over another bad guy. Like you yeah. just kept playing, right? Like You're, I'm coming for you. And that's another thing. I'm like, gonna kill you in that first room. I'm gonna get, come uh, at you. Imagine like that doesn't even happen now. That rarely happens in games today, where yeah. one person could just play as the bad guys, and like so that's something that yeah, like to to fucking think to do that like in 2000 yeah. like good for you like good for rare like dude rare the other, the good other for thing, them the other thing that i remember now too uh is, is like uh in the weapons that were one-handed weapons uh you can actually have two different weapons in your yeah, left you, and right hand you could two fists yeah, yeah yeah so it's not just like double pistols it could be a, a pistol and like one of the submachine guns yeah and like so many combinations with yeah. so many weapons and all the weapons have these weird mo like oh yeah, yeah so much depth okay before we score this uh i don't I, i'm not uh i don't talk like the state of society politics any of that stuff on this podcast at all frankly i don't even care about most of that stuff but i think another thing that this game deserves a lot of credit for was like in an era where there were very few 
female protagonists in video mm-hmm. games, this game not only made the, cause it could have been so easy to just make a James Bond spoof and yeah. make that be the main character. But they were like, no, we're going to make it a female. And not only is it a female, but she is a fucking badass, yeah. right? Like I have no idea. I have to assume that at least one of the Tomb Raider games came out before this. So like Lara Croft yeah. is already around. Yep. But I, 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 I think that's a cool thing that just like in today's society, like there's all kinds of games where the, the main character is a female, right? Yeah. But like back then there wasn't. There, there was there wasn't yeah. and i just another minor little thing just i really think that's a cool touch i don't i i don't know if that was like a statement by them if that was a con like obviously it was a conscious decision i don't know why they made that decision but i, I like i also like that she was not um a, f- a female that was um so hardcore that like she has no emotion at all like she right. was kind of a still well-rounded i there's something about like those action heroes that are so emotionless and like i don't i don't have feel anything right i'm just gonna blow through things it's like you gotta have it's nice when people have uh feelings and you know yeah like she was guys, human like, yeah she's yeah. a human and so she had compassion for elvis and like right you know. and honestly i wonder if maybe that's part of maybe they just thought that compassion angle and this elvis working with elvis and stuff maybe that just maybe they're like it just works better with a female protagonist i don't know it doesn't matter to me all i know is like it's cool yeah. i think it's cool that they did it yeah. uh a frankly unique i don't need character yeah absolutely i don't spend a ton of time thinking about if my like the character i'm controlling is a male or a female like, i just want to play i don't really i don't even really care yeah uh but i just i just thought of that i'm like it's cool i think it's an important thing yeah like that variety for sure it's rad that they did it and it's rad that they did it before it was like a normal thing to do do you know what i mean yeah or like it kind of like uh you're getting on the bandwagon uh, right yeah like oh we have to do this yeah are you just doing it now because that's how society works and you feel like they were just like they could have absolutely just made this uh, a fucking rip off of james bond it would have been fine but no they invented this new character she's awesome uh, she's, I think she's dead because the franchise is dead. It's not doing anything. <laughs> uh, but she had a good run and she saved Elvis. So yeah, that was a big thing. Yeah. Uh, okay. So let's score this thing. So if we think there's, I'm trying to use different scoring scales now. So if we figure there's 40 weapons in this game, give or take, on a scale of one to 40 <laughs> alien destroying weapons, how many weapons would you give Perfect uh, out Dark? Of, out of a 40, uh, I think for a game in its day, I think it was. You know, probably around 37, sure. That's a good uh, If I was to even play it now, I think it would still, especially for the multiplayer, I think it would still like be like a you know a good 30, yeah. I think. Yeah. I, 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 w- I would play this just as much as I would Call of Duty. Totally, yeah. Know. Yeah, I'll, I'll go. Oh, Oops, sorry. It's okay. Molly, did you just kick the table? My dog's freaking out. It's okay, buddy. Uh, I'll <laughs> go like, yeah, I'll go like 30, 34, 35. It like, even if you take the slowdown, you take the weird controls, obviously the graphics aren't going to look as good as they did back then. Uh, I, I mean, played, I'm talking multiplayer. Absolutely. First player, the, the, sure. the campaign I wouldn't bother. <laughs> then, but then you throw in all of the extra things they put into this game that some games still don't have today, even yeah. with all their technical advantages and stuff. Uh, like Rare deserves... Rare deserves credit for GoldenEye and what it did on the Nintendo 64, but I think Rare deserves more credit for this game and how Innovation, they didn't cheap yeah. out. They fucking swung for the fences and created a really cool game. Yeah, you know, like good stuff, man. I I, I like I like I like Perfect Dark. This game's rad. So yeah. go. I mean, well, I'd say go play it. But I guess I you can. Know. I don't know. Can you get it still? It's on Rare Replay. So if you've okay. got an Xbox One, you can play it. Oh, okay. Uh, but like, so for the five of you that have an Xbox One, go play Rare Replay and play <laughs> Last of Us or Last of Us, uh, Perfect Dark. And for everybody else, 
maybe someday it'll show up on the Nintendo. I, I bet you it will. Turok just came to the, Ni- the Nintendo Switch. Okay. Yeah, so like, I bet you this game shows up on the Nintendo Switch at some point. And when it does, we'll all be like, oh my God, it's too expensive. And then we'll all buy it and play it anyway. So that's what's going to happen. <laughs> uh, David, thanks for doing this, buddy. Good, good job. Thanks. That was a good podcast. I like it. And that's going to do it for this week's episode. David, thank you so much for coming over and talking Perfect Dark with me. To all my guests over the last year that have taken time to come over to my house uh, or call me or whatever and talk video games with me, thank you so much. And uh, just as if not more importantly, thank you to every single one of you beautiful people that are out there listening to this show. I really appreciate it, you guys. 2020 is going to be our year. We're going to crack episode 100 at some point. We're going to hit 50,000 downloads at some point, maybe before episode 100. That's where I'm hoping for. And uh, we're just going to keep going onward and upward. So uh, thanks for listening, guys. Follow us on social media. If you can, at Member the Game. Support us over at patreon.com slash Member the Game if you want bonus episodes. Check out Wrestling with Wrestling this Friday. I'll be posting about it on all the social media feeds. And I'll be back in seven days with episode 79 of remember the game go play some video games i'll talk to you guys later take it easy cheers